0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Brick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
1: R.L. Stein released the first Goosebumps book in 1992. And since then, he has published more than 300 Goosebumps books, each with page-turning plots and daring cliffhangers that captured millions of young readers across the world. But the success of Goosebumps didn't stop there. The series later inspired an award-winning television show and hit films that starred Jack Black as Stein. I got the chance to sit down with the beloved author to talk about the ideas behind Goosebumps and his impact on young readers. I'm Jenna Bush Hager. Welcome to another episode of Read with Jenna. Mr. Stein, I feel like I have to call you that.
0: No, no, don't do that.
1: What should I call you? Bob. Bob? That also feels wrong, but no, Bob. okay. no,
0: that's my name.
1: So you are such a formative part of my childhood and so many kids because 30 years ago, which feels like a number that's hard to even believe. Believe me. Does it feel hard for you?
0: I'm more than amazed. 30 years of this stuff. How is that possible?
1: 30 years of goosebumps that literally gave kids like me goosebumps when we read them <laughs> underneath our sheets with a flashlight. What does it feel like to have that type of legacy?
0: Well, I never get tired of hearing about kids who read under the covers with the flashlight. I love that story. And then I love seeing you read all those Goosebumps books and you turned out okay, right? Despite those books.
1: Actually, There's something about fear that makes kids have fun, you know, that makes kids want to turn the page and become lifelong readers.
0: There's a very close connection between horror and funniness. The same visceral reaction. You know, when you sneak up to a baby or anybody and you go, boom, what do they do? They gasp, right? And then they laugh. That's the kind of combination I try to do in Goosebumps. They're not really that scary. They're mostly funny, I think.
1: And you started really as a comedy writer.
0: I never planned to be scary. It's a very embarrassing story because being scary wasn't my idea. It was another editor's idea. I didn't even think of it. I was always funny. I did a humor magazine for 10 years called Bananas.
1: And so how did you make that transition?
0: Well, I think it's the same kind of thing. Every chapter in a Goosebumps book ends with a punchline. They have that cliffhanger, that punchline ending. And I have to say, horror makes me laugh. There's like something missing in my brain, really, that I don't get scared at a scary movie or read a Stephen King book. It makes me laugh. You know, when the shark comes up in the movie and is eating the teenagers, I'm the one in the theater who's laughing.
1: And so you wanted to bring that joy, that laughter, (laughs) that fear.
0: Yeah, I just want to scare kids. That's all. (laughs) Scaring kids, great job. And then people come and talk to you about it.
1: And is it wild to you that the people that are coming to talk to you were (laughs) fans of yours? This is how long Goosebumps have been. Well,
0: Jenna, I know what I am to you. I'm nostalgia. That took a while to get used to. People used to come, uh, a book signing, and there'd be seven-year-olds and 10-year-olds and then 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds say, what are you doing here? We loved you when we were kids.
1: I remember being at camp comforted by your books. I taught your books to Mm. my sixth grade class, and now I have a 10-year-old who is old enough to read your books.
0: Oh, that's nice. See, I never get tired of hearing stories like that. You know, my son's claim to fame, Matt. He never read one, just to make me crazy. He would bring them into his friends. He would sell parts and goosebumps. I think they would pay him 10 bucks. He'd say, Dad, you got to put Will in the next one. (laughs) He was making money. He never read one.
1: And you would do that for Mm -hmm. him? Of course. You're that type of dad, yet he couldn't pick up some of the best books of his generation? No,
0: he missed out. He read only Garfield comics his whole childhood. That's all he read Garfield every night. He had every collection, and that's all he read. But if you're an author, Chances are your kid's not going to read you. Actually, once I was on the Today Show and I taped it and he came home from school, I said, Matt, look, I was on the Today Show and I started the tape and he picked up a magazine and started to read.
1: But now he must be delighted by all this.
0: Yeah, he is.
1: And you have grandchildren.
0: Yes. Do Do they read you? Well, Dylan is eight and, you know, I wrote these Garbage Pail Kids books These really crazy, ghastly, (laughs) awful books. And Dylan's reading those. So he's breaking the family tradition.
1: Yeah, he must think his grandpa is the coolest. Take me back to when you were nine years old. Mm -hmm. I heard you found a typewriter in your attic.
0: I dragged it into my room. I'm, I'm just a weird kid. And I would spend hours in my room typing joke magazines, typing science fiction stories, and typing and typing. Why? I don't know. My parents didn't understand it at all. My mother would stand outside my door and she'd say, what's wrong with you? Go outside and play. Stop typing. Go outside and play. Worst advice I ever got in my life, right? Stop typing, she's telling me. And I'd say, it's boring out there, type, 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 type. I don't know why.
1: Do you feel like you were just destined to tell all these stories?
0: I guess I was.
1: I love that. And I also love that Bob Stein found a old typewriter in an attic. That feels like the perfect start to any book, (laughs) including your own. That's
0: true. I never started a book with that. But now I'm embarrassed because I sell more typewriters than any person in America because of the Goosebumps movies. Yes. And in the movies, Jack Black, who plays me, is writing on a typewriter. He's writing furiously on a typewriter. And all these parents write to me now saying, what kind of typewriter do you use? My son wants a typewriter. My daughter wants to write like you.
1: How do you write now? Do you write a computer?
0: Sure, I write on a Big Mac. And I'm embarrassed that they're all buying typewriters. But
1: it's how you started. started. Well, yeah. So I know that your son... Was a big inspiration that not only did he sell parts and never read a book, but he also really inspired you to get into the mind of kids.
0: Well, I spied on him and his friends <laughs> a lot. You know, I have to like keep up with what they're wearing, what they say. It's an important part of the job. Mm-hmm. So I did spend a lot of time spying on him. And Matt is actually responsible. Uh, most of my stories are like made up, N- none of them are based on truth, but he's responsible for. One of the only books based on something that happened, which I think is one of my best Goosebumps books, The Haunted Mask, which is, I think that's my best Halloween story. It's about a girl, Carly Beth, who wants to be scary at Halloween time. And she puts on this green mask to be scary and it sticks to her face and it becomes part of her skin and it starts to turn her evil. That's what the book is about. And the book came about when Matt was like a little guy. He's like four years old. And we were here. I was watching him in the living room. And he was down on the floor trying on a green rubber Frankenstein mask. And he pulled the mask over his head and he couldn't get it off. And I'm watching him. I'm watching him and he's tugging and tugging. And I thought, what a great, well, I should have helped him, right? I should have helped him with the mask. I started taking notes on what a great story it was. And the poor guy was, you know, in the mask for hours.
1: Coming up, Bob Stein reveals why he never wanted to write Goosebumps and what he was scared of as a little kid when we come back.
0: Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGard Plus, a foxoliner, moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive.
1: Tell me about the title, Goosebumps, because it may be one of the all-time greatest titles. We can all remember the feeling. Well,
0: here's a secret. I never wanted to do Goosebumps. I was doing this teen series called Fear Street.
1: Yes, I remember those. And
0: my editors, my wife and her partner said, no one's ever done a series for seven to 11 year olds, scary books, we have to try it. And I didn't want to do it. That's the kind of businessman I am. I didn't want to do Goosebumps. And then finally I said, okay, if we can think of a good name for the series, we can try a few. And so one day I was reading TV Guide. And in those days, TV Guide had all the TV listings in the middle, all the shows. And there was a tiny little ad at the bottom of one page. And it said, it's Goosebumps Week on Channel 11. And I just stopped and I stared at it. I said, oh, man, that's perfect. We'll call it Channel 11. <laughs> don't laugh at the shit, ch-
1: I'm sorry, but that was That's one of the t- best dad jokes.
0: <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> joke. That's where the name came so from. So
1: had that TV guide not been sitting on your coffee table? Who knows
0: what it would be called? It probably would be called Time or Newsweek. Who knows? We don't know what it would be called.
1: And how has that series changed you as a writer, as a person?
0: I think the whole Goosebumps thing, it's just luck. I had been writing for 20 years. No one noticed. And then suddenly kids discovered this. And it was just kids. Mm -hmm. No one else. There was no advertising. No one knew me. No hype of any kind. Kids discovered the books, went to school, told other kids. The secret kids network. And the books just took off all over the world. Just thanks to kids. Here's how I knew my life was changing, okay? I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I was back in Columbus to do a book signing. This was at Goosebumps Book Signing on my way to a bookstore. And I was in a terrible traffic jam. And I hate being late. And I didn't want to be late for the kids. I had to get to the bookstore. And I look around and all the cars are filled with kids. It was my traffic jam. I'd caused a traffic jam. That's when I knew things were getting weird. Wow, that must have yeah. all felt
1: really surreal.
0: Really was. Oh,
1: my gosh. My
0: own traffic jam. <laughs> your yeah.
1: own traffic yeah. jam in your own hometown.
0: Yeah, right.
1: What scared you as a little boy?
0: Everything. I was a seri- I'll, I'll give you a serious answer. I was a very fearful kid, very shy. My family was very poor. And we lived literally three doors from the railroad tracks on the edge of a very wealthy community. Mm. The governor's mansion of Ohio was two blocks away from us. We're in this tiny little house with all these mansions in the next block. And I always felt like an outsider. Maybe that's why I like being in my room writing so much. And I was just very fearful. I was always afraid of a lot of things, Mm. which later came in handy, of course. Because I could remember that feeling of panic, what it feels like to be a frightened kid. And I could bring that to my books.
1: Does that make it even more gratifying when you see a little kid who may feel like an outsider, somebody who isn't sure of themselves? Oh, sure. Sure. What do you say to those kids?
0: I write these books just so they'll have entertainment. People always say, what's the moral lesson? I have no moral lessons in my books. I never teach them anything but just the enjoyment of reading.
1: I have to tell you, and I said this before, but the reason why I taught your books is that I knew that if my students, but particularly my boys, fell in love with reading at a young age, and your books do that, they give kids this fast-paced plot that makes them want to continue to read. Was that the goal, or you just... Yes.
0: No, that's the goal. Yeah. That's it, nothing else. There's always been a rule in children's books that characters in children's books have to learn and grow. And I never do that. My kids never learn or grow. They just run. They run away. I always think, you know, adults are allowed to read anything. Mm-hmm. They don't have to learn and grow. We're allowed to read anything we want. And I think kids should be allowed to. I think that's very true. What has been the
1: best part of this whole journey, but particularly 30 years of Goosebumps?
0: Well, it's all been great. I love meeting the kids and actually seeing them. That's a big part for me. The other part is the fan mail. The mail I get is amazing. Last week, I got a letter from a girl who wrote, Dear R.L. Stein, you're my second favorite author. (laughs) That was the whole letter. That was it. Here's my favorite letter from all these years. Here's my all-time favorite letter from a boy. Dear R.L. Stein." I've read 40 of your books, and I think they're really boring.
1: That's your favorite?
0: That's a perfect letter.
1: Yeah, because you kept reading. So you have books coming out.
0: I'm doing four Goosebumps books a year. I don't even think about ideas anymore. I've done every story a human can do. All I do now is think of titles. I start with the title and then get to the idea. That's kind of backwards from other authors. Then I outline every book first. I plan them out entirely. And will you ever stop? Authors don't retire, do they? I think you just drop dead on your keyboard. I think that's it.
1: That's sort of a perfect ending to a Goosebumps book, too. (laughs) So with knowing that you've had this mark on kids' lives, what that has meant to you?
0: Well, this is why you become a writer, because you want people to read what you're doing, and you want to share it with everybody mine went out of control. It's just incredible, all these millions and millions of people. They just feel so lucky. Who's luckier than me? How have your books changed over the last 30 years? You know, Goosebumps hasn't changed at all in 30 years. The technology has changed. Kids aren't walking around with Walkmans. That's all changed. The thing about Goosebumps is, they could have been written when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Because our fears never change. We're still afraid of the dark, afraid something's lurking under the bed, afraid of getting lost, afraid of being somewhere we've never been before and we don't know why. Those fears just stay the same. And so the books don't change. They're timeless. Right. They're timeless just like you. You're too nice. No, you're way too nice.
1: You talked about Jack Black in the movies, but to have somebody play you,
0: well, Jack and I are like twins, right? People confuse us all the time. We had a great time. That was a thrill to be a character in a movie. And he's a wonderful guy. We had so much fun together.
1: To know that your books will live on in all of these places. Well, in the books, but also that yeah. there's television series and the movies. And could you have ever predicted that? No,
0: you can't plan for this kind of thing. I think any of the real book crazes... Harry Potter and the Hunger Games. That's always comes as a surprise, and it always starts with kids. Would
1: that kid and you, that nine-year-old with the typewriter, what would he think of all this?
0: He'd be amazed. I just feel like I'm the luckiest person on Earth.
1: That was such a fun interview, and who doesn't love the Goosebumps series? Thank you for listening to this episode of Read with Jenna. Check out our other episodes available wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you heard, please give Read With Jenna a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Make sure to tell your friends about us, and new episodes drop every Thursday. The fun doesn't stop here. Want to join our Read With Jenna community of book lovers? Head to today.com slash Jenna. To find our monthly book list and to sign up for our newsletter. You can also find us on Instagram at Read with Jenna. This episode of Read with Jenna is produced by Danny Zhao, Allison Calaguire, and Abigail Russ. Our audio engineer is Cedric Wilson. Our associate audio engineer is Juliana Masterilli. Bryson Barnes is our technical director. Missy Dunlap Parsons is our executive producer and Libby Least is the executive vice president of Today and Lifestyle.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medella, the mark of the fight. Brick
1: responsibly, beer reported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.